guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Yeah. Uh, I was just teasing Miriam about she finally came mm. over to the dark side mm-hmm. of using Chrome. And uh, yeah, uh, I just... Uh... <laughs> it's just so much more work. I have to cut and paste and then put it in Chrome. That's exhausting. I'm exhausted. Oh, you poor thing. I you know. know. Thank you, you know for what I'm playing over here, right? I'm oh, the tiny violin? Medium, not a tiny one, oh, a medium violin thank you. for you because thank I you. do feel some of your. Uh, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> well, my dear, how was your birthday? Like, it, last week was our oh, birthday week. Yeah, yes. How was it? You want to share listen, with our it was, listeners? It was good, but it's not even done. Oh, listen, that's, true. that's true. It's our birthday month. Let's be honest about the situation. Well, um, actually, you know, yeah. it's Libra season, which goes Libra into season. middle of October. So we're in so it's Libra basically, season. Wait a minute. So like we have our birthday month and it's Libra yeah. season. So our birthday is yes. about like six and a half weeks, if uh, I'm absolutely. not mistaken. Absolutely. Yeah. That feels right. So please continue to send gifts for yeah. Uh, yeah. an additional. <laughs> yeah. You have time, I guess, is our point. Plenty of time. So feel free. Um, I like diamonds and cash, but you know, whatever. Dark chocolate is good too. Um, and dark chocolate is always good. No, okay, resist. okay, I hear you. Yeah, you did. you went there. Was, okay, low hanging fruit. I couldn't. Uh-huh. I couldn't resist. Just, it's delicious. Sometimes you just gotta go there. It's true. Uh, it's true. No. Well, mine was good too. Yeah, I tell me to- about yours. I went to a Brazilian steakhouse, which I've always wanted to go to. I've mm. never gone to one. And, um, you know, where they bring the meat to the table yes. and they shave it for you. I oh did that God. once. It was so good. Oh, my God. You mm. do have to go there empty bellied. Um, yeah. And I will tell you a trick. I went for lunch instead of dinner. And That's the place cheaper, was almost right? empty. I don't know if it's cheaper. Was it? it wasn't cheap, but it's your birthday. It's your birthday. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's meat. Um, they did this one thing I've never, and it seems so simple It's pineapple. So they like heat the pineapple, but it's got like cinnamon and sugar Oof. sprinkled on it. Yes. Oh my God. It was so delicious. That like, sounds correct. Like I like pineapple, but pineapple is like, eh. but this is the way you do pineapple. Like, yes. I mean, yes. now I want to try that. I'm going to look up recipes and probably mess it up. But oh my god, so good! <laughs> like it, it wasn't like cooked pineapple, but it was. It, it, I guess it is technically cooked, but it wasn't like it didn't feel like it's baked pineapple. It's like I think they put it on mm. a spigot and like maybe turn it for like two minutes, and then because it's hot, then you sprinkle the the cinnamon and the the sugar on mm, it. Mm. And oh my god, you could do that and, over an open fire. Yes. So I like good. fire. Oh my god! Like, mm. I mean, in addition to the steak and yeah, yeah just <laughs> she's like, I had. So I went much to the fun. steakhouse and I had some pineapple. That was all I had. Pineapple. Oh my god! Delicious. I had steak. I had uh, <laughs> the little um, like little pieces of bread with like cheese and different mm. things inside. You never know mm-hmm. which what you're gonna get inside. Like box of chocolate. That's a terrible uh, uh, Forrest Gump impression. Yeah, that's uh, pretty you're bad. Welcome. I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got to eat and then I did a little shopping. I walked around uh, the mall. I haven't been to the mall in probably four years. Yeah, probably. 
Yeah. I've been to so, the mall more recently because I have children. And yeah, but I mean, I, I love, love them, them all. all. Yeah. I love them I all. I know, right? Um, and so that was nice. I, I spent time with my aunt and, and we just sort of hung out and took it easy because I've been on a lot nice. of stress, doing a lot of stuff recently. So it was uh, it was really nice. I have to say it was really nice. Uh, so kudos to us for our yes. birthday week being well, going well. I, mean, I know, right? Um, so should we get started on our stories today? That sounds uh, good. All right. You know, I, I don't believe- know who's first. Let me double check. I believe you mm-hmm. are first this it's me. week. It you. Um, so who's your notorious woman? And guys, forgive me. As soon as we start recording, the guy upstairs is practicing his drums. Listen. Uh, so forgive me. L- Lavetta, I'm going to reframe that. I'd like to welcome our special guest this episode we have a musical accompaniment very exciting <laughs> yeah lavetta's upstairs neighbor has agreed to occasionally make awkward sounds for us awesome oh my god of course uh, it, it, <laughs> normally we don't record during this time and yeah but today uh, is special yeah so of course the the exact time like he, he wasn't practicing earlier but it's and it's not even that early girl yeah like now it's he's, fine. Yeah. I love some musical accompaniment. It makes me yeah. feel important, you know? So forgive us for the, the sound quality. We'll try and edit it out. I don't know if we can edit it out completely because he's And if we can't, you're me. welcome. I'll yes. find the rainbow. There's always a rainbow, Lavetta. We just have to always find a it. rainbow. That's right. <laughs> All right, darling. Who's your notorious right. woman for us? You're going to share this so. week. And before we get started, just wanted to remind everyone to subscribe, like, follow us on all the things. Uh, share our podcast and I will repeat that at the end but I've been uh, instructed to put that at the beginning so listen you can always follow us on Instagram notorious women podcast okay Uh, (laughs) okay back to you I'm sorry okay I do the Instagram and so like it's like my baby okay she's killing it so so my notorious woman today is Pocahontas oh right the colors that win. Da, 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 mm-hmm. What I okay, love most welcome. about rivers is that <laughs> there's none of the notes originally written. <laughs> the water's always mm, stop right now. Okay. Yeah. So what Pocahontas. is our actual story? Now here, here is the deal with my research of her. From what I can gather. Most of what we know about her was written down by a white man. So, please, please take that with a grain of salt. Now, I have a feeling that there might be tribes out there that maybe know more and have better historical, uh, uh, either oral traditions or written down that I don't have. So, just like full disclosure, I'm going to give what like what is written by a white man. And then I'm going to make some guesses because it was written down by a white man. So, you know what I'm saying? Here we go. Buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, buttercup. Okay. (laughs) So, she was born, they think maybe around 1596. The only reason we think that is because when John Smith, remember John Smith, a.k.a. Mel Gibson, a.k.a. Colin Farrell, (laughs) What? Didn't he play, he, didn't he play no. John Smith in some no. movie, Colin Farrell? Cor- 
Did did he? Oh, I have no idea. I I just know in the Disney version, it was Mel Gibson. It was very, very awkward. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Sorry. He's anti-Semitic. I can do that. What what did I say? That's my Mel Gibson impression. The Jews did it. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) Okay, Mel. We're talking about the weather. What? Uh, Okay. Yep. (laughs) Miriam, you're on uh, mute. Darling. Oh, I just went on mute. <laughs> yeah. Did I go on mute? Yeah. Not bad. It's okay. Mm. All right. That's fine. Was I, I was just making fun of Mel Gibson. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I found the button to unmute it. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, I didn't say anything. Didn't There's say always anything. a rainbow. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> All always right. a rainbow. Pocahontas. So, Pocahontas. So the reason we think that it was 1596 is when John Smith met her, it was around 1607, and he wrote in his little diary that there was this precocious little girl, and she was around 10 years old. And that is that is how they gave her her birthday. Oh, well, okay. Right. What we do know is that she was the daughter. I'm going to mess up so many names today, you guys. I am so sorry. She's the daughter of Chief Powhatan, uh, who was the paramount chief of mm, mm, Tenakamaka. Would you believe that I practiced that? Uh, mm-hmm. It's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> Let's pretend I didn't because, well, I'm not going to say that again. But of that area, which was an alliance of about 30 Algonquin-speaking groups and petty chiefdoms in the Tidewater region of what is now Virginia. They have no idea who her mother was. Um, There's another white man, and this is why we know things, so grain of salt, please. Uh, He was an English adventurer. His name's Henry Spellman. And he lived among those people as an interpreter. According to him, when one of the Paramount Chief's many wives gave birth, she was then returned to her place of origin and supported there by the Paramount Chief until she found another husband. I don't know if that's actual. So I'm going to share that a white man wrote that down. Um, and that is all I'm going to do about that. Okay. Yeah. Cause that doesn't really make any sense. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. So, but right. Because he's just interpreting a culture that has been going on for thousands of years based on his white man brain, you know, and white man brains, especially at those times, they're very small. So or it's just like it, it's it's a misrepresentation. Like what I was saying about the, you know, when they say the uh, the Candace, the Queen Candace, and they mis they just misinterpreted yes. like it's a title, but they thought yes. all of them were named Candace, and it's like right, no, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. why I like I'm like um, that's what I read. Yeah, please tell me, please tell me I'm wrong or different, or I'd love to know more. I could, I listen, I spent so much time researching this to get very little information. Um, but here's what I do have. So John Smith, he arrives in Virginia, April 1607. So the colonists had had lots of encounters with the natives as they were setting up shop, aka trying to take over. Um, and some were friendly and some were what we all imagine a hostile takeover looks like, right? So 
a hunting party led by Poetan's close relative, Opechankana. I'll write that down later. Um, captured him. Point is, John Smith got captured December 1607 and brought him to Powhatan's capital. I'm not going to say the name of the capital because it's I'm not going to communicate it very well at all. Um, so I'll try. Werewokomoko. That's kind of pretty. So, yeah, all right. Sounds good to me. I, Thank I, you. I mean, I'm sure it's, well. I, I can't tell you one way or another. <laughs> Um, So he gets captured, but according to Smith's diary, uh, he described a great feast followed by a long talk with Powhatan. Um, Basically, he was looking to give Smith like a little bit of his own authority so that he can keep his eye on him. Right. So keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So he was like, you can rule this one town, which is close to his capital, because, you know, he was reading the room and what these like white colonists were trying to do. So he's like, wait a minute. I'm, you know I'm what confused. I'm saying? I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me just okay. get this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. John Smith yeah. um, comes to what is what we now know as modern Virginia, that area. Yes. Yes. Uh, where the native people have been for thousands of years. Thousands um, of years. He gets c- captured by... Not the Algonquins, another tribe, the, the, and they, yeah, the, uh, his close relative. So the 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 chief's relative. Oh, okay. So the chief's him. relatives captures yeah. him and brings him to the capital city, where uh-huh. the chief gives him a governance feast. over. A, this is and what John Smith wrote. Yes, in his diary. John, okay, John Smith wrote that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so, no sense, but okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean. I'm with you. Okay. I mean, I think they were looking, you know, you know, Europe just sort of took over things via war and aggression. And I think, you know. Yeah. And it's, it just doesn't make any sense unless, unless the chief had had prior, like, contact with English people and then when John got there he was like there's more coming Prob- and so he was trying yes. to establish because it's just it's some random smelly that, pale man yeah. why would he give him like, <laughs> like but like, I think that's what it was from okay. what I gather that that they'd been coming for a while and they were nervous and so they're okay. like well if we give you a little maybe you won't take away our entire culture mm. he tried Okay. Um, but right. you know what? They hold on, man. It's, it's, well, you man, know. Well, they've been coming since what, 14? Uh, yeah. The end of, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think at first the natives, the Native American population just thought, oh, yeah, like, you know, I really don't think that they thought that they should be alarmed. I, I think it's probably not, probably not until more pale people started yeah. coming on the boats and they realized, like, oh, this is a hostile takeover. Yeah. So maybe yeah. again, that's why I'm. I'm just. It doesn't seem like a chief would just give him authority over something. I think John is lying. That's what I'm getting at. I think John is lying. Listen, but, okay, exactly. This I is based lying. on his records. So I'm like, maybe no it happened. Okay. But did it? Okay. Right. We're so, on the, I'm on the same page. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's a fair question. Um. 
Apparently, he writes down that he meets Pocahontas later, and she was a playful and energetic kid who played with the boys in full force. And I, I'm guessing he noticed that the gender stereotypes that were aggressive in Europe at the time were not aggressive in the New World, right? The New okay. World. The world's yeah. been there for a while, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, apparently, early histories do establish that she befriended him and the colonists. And the colonists were starving at one point. And John Smith wrote that, quote, once every four or five days, Pocahontas with her attendants brought him much provision that saved many of their lives that else for all this had starved with hunger. Like he thought he was fancy the way he wrote, but okay. Um, So, okay. So according to his diary, he gets... The chief gives yeah. him a, a, a territory, but he's starving? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, that's... I don't know. I okay. told you. It's confusing. Okay. Right? Okay. So it, I, it gets more it gets more linear later, but this is... I'm going to try okay, to I'll give s- some backdrop, but like... Okay. Mm. I'll stop um, interrupting. No, okay. interrupt, because these are good questions. Um, okay. So in 1609, um, there was a gunpowder explosion at Fort Smith to return to England to get medical care, which is the ending of the Disney movie. Um, They got that right. Um, So the colonists were starting to expand. The Pohontans felt that their lands were threatened, right? And so the first Anglo-Pohontan, I really wish I knew how to pronounce that, war, Pohontan, Pohontan, Mm. Um, which was a conflict between Jamestown settlers and the natives uh, started in the summer of 1609. Um, They then captured Pocahontas. So I didn't know this happened. So, okay. The colonists, specifically Captain Samuel Argyll, took advantage of the fact that the Potawomax, which was a native tribe in the northern portion of Powhatan's chiefdom, were not always loyal to Powhatan. So Henry Spellman learned that Pocahontas was visiting the Potawomax village of mm, Pasapatanzi and living under the protection of a native chief named Japazaz, um, also called Lopasas. Okay. So, with Spellman's help translating, thank you, Spellman, Argyll pressured Japazaz to assist in Pocahontas's capture by promising an alliance with the colonists against the Powhatans. Mm, playing with fire, y'all. Yeah. It's, uh, and I yeah. will say, um, <clears throat> yeah. just uh, one note, um, it's not colonists as colonizers. I'm just saying. Okay. You're I'm right. Just, it's colonizers. Because uh, it is a Black verb. Pan- as, the, as the Black Panther says. <laughs> it's colonizers. <laughs> that was a terrible accent. I don't uh, know. That was cute. I liked it. But after, I'm like colonizers. <laughs> so yeah. I know we were raised to be like colonists. You mean the colonizers? Okay. You mean the colonizers? The people who came to take over land that was not theirs? Okay. Yeah. Just asking questions. Okay. <laughs> um. So Japazaz, with the help of his wives tricked her into boarding Argyll's ship 
and they held her for ransom. They demanded the release of the co- the colonial prisoners, a.k.a. colonizers, who were being held prisoner, uh, that were held by her father and the return of various stolen weapons and tools. So Palpatine returned the prisoners, but he didn't give them as many weapons and tools as they had asked for. So a long standoff ensued and the colonizers, I'm going to rephrase, the colonizers kept Pocahontas captive. Really? You're going to, really, Dad? Uh, that sounds about right. Wow. That sounds like a colonizer. It's colonizing behavior. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because all the records say that, like, he loved her. He was, her father was, you know, doted on her a bit. I mean, I think he probably had several children, but... Still, Again. They, took, they took a child like they took a child because I'm, I'm guessing when uh, John Smith was there, he said she was 10. So how many years later is well, this? This is this is like, see, that's why I'm confused. It's two years later. You'll see. Does it? OK, she's OK. There's you'll see. It's it's like this is messy. I would like I'm basically okay. bringing her up because I would like to know more. Well, so, and also, I think we're all confused because every uh, like. Uh, narrative story about her she seems older she seems like like a woman versus like maybe a 12 or 13 year old which is very problematic like very romantic relationship but it doesn't sound like there was a romantic relationship not with Uh, not with him yeah but this is this is this is some messiness here so while she was held captive for about a year she was held at the english settlement of henricus I get it. Henry, King Henry, Henricus. Okay, lame. It's now Chesterfield County, Virginia. It shouldn't have been either, genuinely. Um, But they don't know much about her life there for a year. Colonizer Ralph Hamer wrote that she received, quote, extraordinary courteous usage. Motherfucker assumed that uh, she'd been raped. Um... You, you know, oh. I say motherfucker because you could phrase that better. Courteous usage, my oh, ass. No. So there, there's also theory that mistreatment of Pocahontas would have gone against the interests of the English in their negotiations. So we don't know. We know that that was written down. Um, we know that white men who are colonizers weren't known to be gentle with women or anything. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Um, yeah. So, what we do know is that Alexander Whitaker taught her about Christianity, helped her improve her English, and was baptized. And she took the Christian name, Rebecca. Okay. So in March 1614, the standoff escalated to a violent confrontation between hundreds of colonizers and Powhatan men. Colonizers allowed Pocahontas to talk to her tribe when Powhatan arrived, and she reportedly rebuked him for valuing, valuing her, quote, less than old swords, pieces, and axes. She said that she preferred to live with the colonists who, quote, loved her. You want to know my theory? You want to know my theory? My theory is they said, give us these things and we'll give her back. And they gave us those things and they just didn't give her back. And then they kept her for a year. Then my theory is that they brainwashed her so they could use her. I don't know. 
Or did she say those things? Because again, this is written by a white man from the colonizers. Mm-hmm. She didn't write POV, that down. Like, yep, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even let's say they bra- they were able to brainwash her, or she was just mad, like you didn't give a- give them everything they asked for, and that's why I'm still here. Yeah, but for her to turn against her own people for the sake of these people who are kidnapped her. Here's what I I will say. I I think she did. I think she did get convinced that her, that these ways are better. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't think she was convinced. I think she was brainwashed. I think Stockholm syndrome. I think. I mean, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what I think. I don't know. That's possible. I don't know. I hope hopefully some. Native American people who actually do know will let us know. So exactly, because this, this exactly. story just doesn't make. And I know you're no, just going on the limited uh, source yeah. material that you could find on Focahontas because it's all from the colonizers' point of view, and that's yes. why it's not making any sense. So yes, but I want to. I want to talk about like what. That's why. That's what today kind of is is not is is more of a question than an answer to a large degree. Um. So. And in Mataponi tradition, it holds that uh, Pocahontas has a first husband named Cocoam. Total side note, that character was in the Disney movie. Um, <laughs> and that he was killed after she was captured in 1613. Now, that would have made her like 1415 when she, which is possible. People did get married younger then. But also... Mm-hmm. John Smith could have been wrong about her age. <laughs> like, that, that probably definitely was true. He probably yeah, just got everything like, wrong. How the hell would he know? Jesus. Because um, he basically was like, yes, I came here. They saw a white man and they said, "Let's white man, let you rule over us because you're a white man. <laughs> like, that's, that's what like, he dude. wrote down. No, it's what? like, it's like, no. And, and, and you find out like in history, uh, the conquistadors or the colonizers yeah. say that. And they, they gave me flowers and it's like, no, it turns out they put flowers on you because you smelled, you were stinky. Yeah. So you were trying to cover up your smell. <laughs> exactly. He was trying to talk so. you out. The, or, or he was like, yeah, rule this thing, which is nothing. I made it up. It's not really a land. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yes. Okay. That, so that's as far as I'm going in terms of if that is accurate or not. Do you know what I'm no, saying? No, like, that's definitely what happened. Allegedly. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> definitely. What? Okay. Um. You know, if John Smith's great, 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 great times forty grandchildren care, come talk to us. Come Imagine, on our podcast. Have you? It's fine. Do you remember Veep? Did you watch Veep when it was on? I watched a little of it. I loved it, and then I, I don't know. You know the character Jonah. Uh, he's like a really large tall idiot he was just like he was just like the worst he's like he's like what most people think white guys are like and they're and most white guys are not like jonah but like but those are the white guys that you usually are working for (laughs) like he's an idiot but he thinks he's so great yes i bet you what if john smith was him like him (laughs) so he's writing all this stuff so the only uh most of the information we have about pocahontas as a young woman is from from somebody like that point of view (laughs) This would make a great like movie or series. I think like a series where you see what's actually happening and then you see John Smith's interpretation, which is like <laughs> hilariously wrong because that to me is kind of what happened. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like 
It's an um, idiot. Anyway, I'm sorry. And Pocahontas is just rolling her eyes. Like, mm. Yeah, so she's she's been captured and she's, she's when her she's father shows up a she's year like, later, she's pissed. She right. Um and so they they think Mataponi tradition holds that her first husband was Kokoam, um, that he was killed when she was captured. And the Pato Patawomaks believe that Pocahontas and Kokoam had a daughter named Kaoki and was raised by the Patawomaks after her father's death and her mother's abduction. So that, I think, is tradition that we can trust a little more. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, th- th- they can't... R- they say his identity, Kokoam's location, and his existence has been widely debated. But if the native tradition itself says it's what happened, I feel like that's more um, to be trusted, if you will. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, I will say that if you look it up, they're like, well, they don't know. I'm like, well, the white men don't know. But, like, maybe the native tribes from which they came from do know. Okay. Yeah. Um, But we know that she married John Rolfe in 1614. And that is why I think some of the brainwashing and what have you did work because she marries this white man. Um, Well, I also think that when the colonizers first came, they came under the guise of like, oh, we're just sharing. Oh, some of us want to be here. It's not until they start coming, a bunch of them start coming that the native American population realized, oh, roll, roll, like these right. motherfuckers are coming to take over. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Like, like, there was yeah. this element of like, oh, oh, hi, nice to meet you. That's interesting. I wonder what your traditions are. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that I can see that. Yeah, because you don't see them coming. And also, you don't think they're a threat. Because by most accounts, a lot of the Native American tribes thought these pale people were just pale and weird and smelly and because also Listen. they're sailors like they're sailors they're men they're yeah. single men who've been on a boat you know um with the exception of when the family started coming over right on the right the mayflower right but like most of the time it's like some 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 weird dudes it's like if you were your only uh exposure to another culture were the sailors <laughs> from that <Yeah>. culture <laughs> you'd be like oh wow they're like, big and smelly we- and yeah, we can keep. We got to keep our eye on you because you're young men up to no good, probably. But right, right. for the most part, you're not really threatened. Thinking colonizing is coming. Yeah, right. So, so there, yeah, um, and she probably met him, and he was cute, right? Was yeah, really he's age old. appropriate, and you know, I mean, like, he's a little older, I think. Um, and he had been married before but his wife and son had died in a shipwreck on their way to the americas if you will oh um he had established a virginia plantation where he was cultivating a new strain of tobacco now now here's the thing with john rolfe he's a very pious man so he agonized this is very sad lavetta over the potential moral repercussions of marrying a heathen so mm, mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Even though See, she had accepted the Christian faith. This okay. is why mm-hmm. black women in particular, let me just say, we'd be okay. side-eyeing the white boys, even if they cute. Yeah. yeah. We'd be side-eyed, y'all. Like, are you going to say some fucked up shit that I'm going to have to have to just deal with white man? I mean, uh, you might be cute. Yeah. But are you going to say some stuff? 
heathen. I mean, the English of all people. I mean, and again, I'm an Anglophile. Yeah. Anyone knows me knows I, I'm an Anglophile. But same. Man, I tell you, they, for people with the most fucked up crooked teeth, teethuses, <laughs> um, <laughs> Y'all got a lot of fucking nerve. And the only reason y'all wear those wigs, y'all the one taught us how to wear the wigs. Maybe mm-hmm. y'all got it from the French. I don't know. Only reason y'all wear those wigs because of the lice. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all got a lot of motherfucking nerve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love you. You uh, know, this is Darcy saying to Lizzie. Yes. I love you in spite of myself. <laughs> in spite of Fuck myself. You. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> Fuck off, Darcy. Yeah, he better make it up to her. Okay, I don't care how hot you are, Colin Firth. And you are hot. Please don't get me wrong. I know. But Sam, you got to wait. But then when he jumps in the river. mm, Okay, sorry. I think it was a (laughs) pond. I have digressed. Okay. (laughs) Come back. Come back. Come back. Come come on back. So, So he was, you know, questioning. Oh, my God. She's a heathen. What do I do? Um, so what he did was he um, wrote a long letter to the governor requesting permission to wed her. Um, and, and he explained that he would be saving her soul. And it wasn't that she's hot. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. Really, she needs to wed a white Christian man in order for her soul to be saved. Uh, so that they agreed. Thank God. Literally. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So they didn't marry. They lived in the plantation for two years. They had a son, Thomas, born January 1615. And this marriage created a climate of peace between the, the colonizers and Poetin's tribes, uh, which was uh, lasted for eight years. And it was called the Peace of Pocahontas. Um, oh, now, one goal, surprise, surprise, of the London Company was to convert Native Americans to Christianity, you don't say. So they saw an opportunity to promote further investment with the conversion of Pocahontas and her marriage to Rolf, all of which, of course, hen- helped to end this war. So they decided to bring Pocahontas to England as a symbol of the tamed New World savage and the success of the Virginia colony. And there it is. The uh, racism ruins the party again. Right. Um, also, I will say that knowing that a little bit about how they were trying, like companies were trying to get basically customers to agree to go over to the new world. Yeah. So yeah. this is a way to drum up business to convince people, come on over. It's it's, yep. see, it's fine. <laughs> And that's why I think that the the story of Pocahontas has lasted for as long as it had. I think because because of the white man is going to uplift you, it'll last. It'll stay in the in the in the. Oh, what am I saying? It uh, also in the in the public record, but also white people will remember you because they're like, oh, because white people can relate to a native American. Because she became one of you, not yeah. because she stayed true to who she is. You know she what I'm converted. saying? She's she was, converted. Her soul was saved. Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Brought to Jesus, right. a Jewish man that they took from the Jewish people. But whatever, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, so they, she did go to England. They they arrived at the port of Plymouth on June twelfth, sixteen sixteen. They were accompanied by eleven other Powhatans, including a holy man named Tomokomo. Um, she was entertained at various social gatherings. 
Um, they say that the London company presented her uh, as a princess to the English public because she was the daughter of an important chief. But it's important to know that that's not how they the native tribes didn't run their culture in that way like the Europeans did. Right. Yeah. But they were like, to, it's marketing. It's, a PR it's marketing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, John Smith was alive. They, she had thought he had died, but he didn't. Um, and he had written to Queen Anne when he heard she was coming, uh, urging Queen Anne was the wife of King James, right? Urging that Pocahontas be treated with respect as a royal visitor. So he's basically like, he basically wrote a letter like, listen, if you're nice to her, we can convert all of them. Cool. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Now that sounds part, right. I believe. Yeah. Right. Um, so on January 5th, 1617, she and Tomokomo were brought before King James. Um, and apparently he was so nice that he didn't even realize he was a king. So that's cute. Oh. So, yeah. and there's also Helen C. Roundtree is a historian who claims that there's no contemporary, contemporary, I can't say this word. There's no contemporary like contemporary evidence, like evidence mm -hmm. around that time, contemporaneous, contemporaneous. I said it. Um, evidence to suggest that she was regarded in England as anything like royalty. So there's like two sides of this coin. I give huh. you the whole coin. If I you mean, because one thing the English like is to document shit, especially meetings. Yeah. Royalty. Mm. So that's interesting. Huh? Right. So, Right, exactly. So I they mean, lived, yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. Since he was so no. nice, was he really the king? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like again, I don't even was know. I don't know. Because like, that's, that's unusual. I have to say again, as an Anglophile, the English love to keep long histories of shit. Like especially when it comes to their royalty. So the fact I, that there's no like mention of that, even even in sixteen da 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 da. Like 1614, 1616. Yeah, no, I fully believe that she was very much used in order to get mm. more funding yeah. to take over uh, this part of the world that you and I yeah. are sitting in right now. Well, originally, I will say it was started off sort of like, um, let's say if you, you're starting a new subdivision, right? Or you're trying to sell vacation packages. I will okay. say it was right. kind of started like that, like... It's not the East India Company. What is it? What's the equivalent that came to the Americas? I can't forget. I forget what from England that is. I, can't Yo, forget I have the name no of it, memory. but it's sort of like uh, yeah, I know what you're they were trying about. to get investments, and it's like trying to like set up like a develop uh, like a, a housing development or something there, and yeah. then that's why the Puritans was such a great cause and and you know that that was like the main sort of like uh customer base that would be interested in this kind of thing but you have to because sending a ship is very very expensive so you need investors and they're like well, what are we yeah. going to get out of it are you going to bring us back furs what, what are you what are we getting out of it so you right. need is that kind so of thing. they're so. basically like okay you invest i will save their souls look at this soul right here we saved her yes gotcha, gotcha. right I'm that's and that's why I feel like the history, the actual history is so messy and so hard to find because they touted her as one thing. But I don't know that that's what she was. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, so so they lived in Bretford, Middlesex for some time. Um, 
according to Smith, he did finally meet her and her husband at a social gathering. I don't even want to talk about what he wrote in his diary because like, I, I don't believe him. Um, <laughs> he's like, she she like was mad at him, um, but then forgave him. It's fragmented and makes no sense. Like that's I, I tried to write it down and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So March 16, 17, they boarded a ship, just Ralph and Pocahontas, to return to Virginia, but they only sailed as far as Gravesend on the River Thames when Pocahontas became gravely ill. She was taken ashore where she died from unknown causes at oh, approximately right. 21 years old. Um, oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know she was that young. She was so, she did, there's so much that happened with her and she was so young when she died. And she died of like 16, 17. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like syphilis or pneumonia or both or a, like a paper cut. You know, who knows? They don't know. Basically. Right. A cold, you know? Yeah. Sniffles. Didn't have Vicks Vapor Rub back then. So, mm-hmm. nope. Know? How are you going to live? You know, it's, 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 it's so interesting. Like, that we still want to dramatize this story. Yeah. And we really have no idea. And we still use this story as a way to whitewash her. Yeah. I think it's because she's sort of like one of the few native American figures that you can, she's, she's on the approved list. Right. And that most people kind of know about because of the Disney movie, because of the, her marrying a white man and, and going to Mm -hmm. England. And like, so it's sort of like, it's like when, uh, even racists want to be like, well, black people, you know, uh, have achieved MLK. They all, there's a couple (laughs) on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pocahontas, because we, unfortunately we don't have enough, um, in the um, American psyche or even in the international psyche of Native Americans, Native American figures from uh, North America that we can point to that we all know the name of it. And it's because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they globbed on to her story. And it could be because, uh, you know, she's a young, beautiful girl, young, beautiful woman who dies young, you who know, dies young and converted to, to Christianity. Yeah. And represented yeah. what was good, quote unquote, good about colonizing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much. Some of that I kind of knew, but some of it I didn't. Uh, but I also love how the way you put it in context with like with John Smith, because that's yeah. usually the story that they tell. But it was like, oh, he was only there for like a short time and then he went back yeah. home. Like, Yeah. No. And she was like kind of a kid. At least that's yeah, how he she, wrote down how he saw her. <laughs> like, yeah, and they—it's usually told through his eyes, his POV, and it's like, yeah, the most interesting stuff came after he like went back to England. So, oh yeah, um, thank you so much for for offering up that story. Um, I and I, I like to think we did it in our own particular particular uh notorious women way where we made fun of uh people and call them colonizers like they should be called uh, I, I really enjoyed that yeah, yeah. that's very <laughs> satisfying yeah. yeah well my notorious woman it's a it's kind of a short one today um but okay. i am curious to see if you've ever heard of this woman uh now my sources today uh come from uh a medium.com article by side Tonya Reed, uh, various YouTube uh, uh, interviews, 
in particular one with excuse me uh with a uh, nbc news and abc news um, as well as wikipedia but it's it's um it's really interesting so my uh those are my main sources as, as well as many others but um my notorious woman this week is c dolores tucker do you know that is? Okay, that is a very familiar That's very okay. familiar and I go on. Go on. Okay. So it it you know who this is. So, C. Dolores Tucker was born Cynthia Nottage on October 4th, 1927 in Philadelphia to Whitfield Nottage, a minister and Captilda Gardner Nottage, a Christian feminist woman, both immigrants from the Bahamas. Okay? So okay. she's from a large family and she was the 10th of 13 children. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah. how, like, how, like, I only had two. Like, wow. They did it. And her parents were apparently were very industrious. Like they, they began renting out apartments at an early age. You know, it's, it's never, and, and I would imagine even then, even though the twenties was pretty uh, prosperous time for many people, even black people, even I would imagine black immigrants, it's still always tough when you don't have connections in any time Listen, period. So. I'm like wondering about the UTIs. I'm just, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Oof, your low 13. back, you know, that's, that's what I'm wondering about. 13 kids. Yeah. Like your Man, blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So now growing up, she was very studious and civic minded. Uh, so after high school, she attended Temple University, okay. uh, but eventually dropped out of Temple to open an employment agency for black folks migrating from the South. Okay. So again, very industrious. She's like, let's make that yes. money. Um, in 1951, she married a construction uh, company owner, William Tucker. Um, okay. She Now, she in, later inherited tenement properties from her parents. Like I said, they were very industrious and continued to rent them out to low-income families uh, as her parents had done. So okay. it's a way, I feel like it's a mixture of, you know, helping out the community and also making a living. So um now, though the couple, her and William, were married for the rest of her life, from 1951 to the rest of her life, they had no children. So it may have been okay. some fertility issues. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, again, uh, she grew up very civic-minded and had a long history uh, in the civil rights movement. You know, she was born in 1927, and any black person who's paying even a little bit of attention know there's a lot going on. A lot you need a lot need to be changed. So um yeah. in 1965, she actually joined the Selma to Montgomery March alongside MLK, as well as many others. She was a very important uh fundraiser oh, yeah. for I know who this is. Okay. okay. Go on. Okay. She was a, a very important fundraiser for the Philadelphia branch of the NAACP. So she was very involved. Like she believed in you know, fighting for the rights of black people. Now, on a professional level, um, she so early on, she, you know, sold insurance and da, 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 and then got into renting apartment buildings and, you know, just sort of trying to find her way. But in 1971, she became the first black female secretary of state when Pennsylvania Governor Milton Schapp appointed her secretary of the Commonwealth of, of Pennsylvania. OK. Yeah. Yes, girl. Now, during her tenure, she instituted the first commission on the status of women, a UN inspired yes. organ uh, organization promoting gender equality in the empowerment of women stateside. I love her so much. 
Yep. Zykana girl. Now with yes. her new post, she was pushed into the national limelight and was honored with numerous awards um, and accolades for five consecutive years from 72 to 77. She was listed among uh, Ebony Magazine's 100 Most Influential Black Americans. During awesome. that period, she was also listed as Ladies Home Journal nominee for the Woman of the Year in both 1975 okay. and 76. Um, so, and that's a big deal being in Ebony Magazine. I mean, that's a big deal now, but definitely back then, that was a big deal. So she was, okay. uh, she was part of the bougie class, black people say. <laughs> um, I mean, the Secretary of State, that's a great honor and a very important job. And she took it very seriously. So, yeah, but Ebony Magazine, that's more important. I mean, yeah, exactly. I no, that. seriously. I do. Literally. No, I do. Um, yeah. now, so basically everything seemed to be going well until in September of 1977, she was fired for allegedly using state employees to write speeches for which she received honorariums. So payment. Uh, She, however, believes she was fired for not supporting Schaaf's chosen replacement. Now, it is worth noting that the district attorney, Leroy Zimmerman, who investigated the case, didn't prosecute her because he found her to be, quote, a very effective ambassador of the state whose speeches encouraged minorities to participate in government, end quote. Okay. Okay. Now, known for her, her preacher-like cadence, vibrantly colored clothes and jewelry, C. Dolores Tucker was considered to be a bit of an eccentric, you know, by some, uh, but also very captivating. Now, side note on that whole, like, being fired, two years later, one of her, her successors as Secretary of the Commonwealth, Ethel Allen, was also fired for using public employees to write speeches. So, so, so for the very same thing. Well, so maybe it was something... Like- yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, the the I don't alarm going off in the background. <laughs> um, I don't hear it. Okay. That's um, the emotional alarm going off, wondering <laughs> if maybe that that was a setup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's I can understand why they'd be like, well, you can't get paid for something that government employees generated I, I get i totally get that but is that one of those things where that's something where everybody does and like you kind of yes it is that's a hundred percent what it yeah, is everybody I does mean, it you you give it so much better than anyone else would give it you of course need help doing these things because you have a million other things you're doing and so they that's how it's done and then when they don't like you they fire you over it yeah i figured so, it out yeah. it's all alleged just to be clear Okay. I mean, thanks. she was fired in 77, but yeah. she was not easily deterred. She just kept on with her work. Um, and in 1990, she, along with 15 other African-American women and men, formed the African-American Women for Reproductive Freedom, an organization developed yes. as a way for African-American women to show support for the Jane Roe, Norma Leah Nelson McCorvey in the Roe v. Wade case study in court yeah. case. Yeah. Now, this group's intent was to alter the perception of abortion not being a choice for African-American women who they argued face additional stigma and judgment for seeking out a legal abortion. Oh, yeah, that's very true. So they're very, you know, she's she's in the thick of of things. Now, she was the convening founder and national chair of the National Congress of Black Women, uh, having succeeded the Honorable Shirley Chisholm in 1992. So she's in great company. These are these are the OG civil rights people who are yes. actually out there doing stuff, fighting for us to have the the privileges that we have today that they're trying to roll back. 
Um, Even though she was fired from her secretary of uh, state post, it didn't seem to dampen her influence or her legacy because in Pennsylvania, she was responsible for the governor's appointment of more of more women judges and more women and African-Americans to boards and commissions than ever before. Good. We need her again. Yeah. So she also led the effort to make Pennsylvania one of the first states to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. As chief of elections of of Pennsylvania, she was a leader in instituting a voter registration by mail and reducing the voting age from 21 to 18 years of age. I love her so much. Now, if that's not enough, she was also the founder and president of the Bethune Du Bois Institute, Inc., which she established in 1991 in honor of Mary Cloud uh, Bethune, uh, a black uh, female educator yeah. and activist and W.E.B. Du Bois, as, as you all got it, all, as you all know, a uh, prominent black thinker. And she established this in 91 to promote the cultural development of African-American youth through scholarships and educational programs. She also launched and served as the publisher of the publication Vital Issues, semicolon, the Journal of African-American Speeches. Basically, just upstanding, hardworking politician. She was just like, can I just tell you, I just have to share. So when I was I've always been an activist since I was like four or five, I heard because I grew up on the Holocaust. So like I I understood viscerally that like people are not fair right and so when i learned more about that's the point is i remember being about 12 years old which is around this time maybe 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 earlier than this time where i was arguing a family member about affirmative action i was i don't know how i understood i have no idea but i remember being like i just feel like it's not that long ago and we're not there yet and the family member was like, no, but we are. We're a post-racial society. And this was like 1989 or something like that. So it's really fascinating to, to me to hear the specific timeline of what she was doing and how important the work she was doing in like 1991, 1992. Um, and also they say it so long ago in the, you know, the 80s, but like... In her young adult life, she marched from Selma to Montgomery and became secretary of state and started these programs. So within like two decades of her adult, young adult life, a lot happened. So, no, that's not long enough to be post-racial. It's just not. And it's just so long enough. Yeah. And thank God for people like her who kept fighting and fighting. And we still need so many fights, so little time. Well, it's interesting you say fight because all of that Ooh. is great, right? What we just said. Uh-huh. We're like, yes. You're like, oh, she is a notorious woman because she did like great things and da da da. And she continued to do that. But what made her notorious to most people in history is that what they remember her most for, not all the stuff I just mentioned, because when I looked at, up that stuff, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like helping to get the voting age down to 18, registering, setting up a registering to vote uh, voting system by mail in Pennsylvania. All of that's amazing. Right. All of that's effective, amazing yeah. stuff. That's the real work now. But what most people know her about a uh, by and remember her by who don't know the uh-huh. other stuff is her crusade against gangster rap music in the 1990s. Oh, shit. More specifically, her crusade against the sexually lewd and graphic violent nature of, quote, gangster rap that became popular in the 1990s. This is where rap went from like, I said, a hip, a hop, a hip, or I'm bad to like, bitches ain't nothing but hoes and tricks. 
Yeah. So this is yeah. where rap went to. This. So now the civil rights veteran. So this is a civil rights veteran. You know, she is, she has bona fides, right? Yeah. So she, along with soul legends, Dionne Warwick and Melba Moore formed an entertainment commission within the national council of black women in politics an okay. organization she co-founded and bought stock in Sony so she could protest at shareholders meetings. So the strategy was again, this woman's wow. in, on the front line. So they know what strategy is, right? Okay. okay. So the strategy is to buy, buy stock in Sony who, who basically oversaw a lot of these artists record companies and record right. deals to protest again. And I think people, people want to think like lovingly about the 1990s, but a lot of it was very fucking problematic as far. And uh, I'm a hip hop yeah. like lover. Uh, we look back on it now. We're just like, we thought that was normal. You know, it's, it's so funny because a lot of these guys, cause it's usually dudes now want to piss on like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion by like, nope. they're too sexual. Mm-mm. And it's like, motherfucker, you wrote a song Mm-mm. called Pop That Pussy. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so she, along with Dionne Warwick and Melba Moore and a lot of other, um, black people in the entertainment now these are older black people we would call them like respectability politics and blah, 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 blah. but they were just horrified because they these were the people who were fighting for black people to get some sort of dignity in the public space right 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 and then here come the younger black kids who've benefited from this but really don't know viscerally what the sacrifice was right who just like bitches ain't nothing but hoes and tricks right <laughs> So particularly black women, right? I'm just (laughs) saying, I I particularly remember that. Now we must, uh, and so they would crash, they would have this, uh, they would take the floor in these meetings, in in these Sony shareholder meetings. And one of the quotes she she said at one of these meetings is, quote, we must understand clearly that violence comes in many forms and is acted upon by many sources, whether we're talking about physical violence, spiritual violence, economic violence or sexual violence. The end result is the same. The destruction of human life. Enough is enough. End quote. Um, she also okay. ended one of her famous press conference because she would have press. She was on the war path. She was like, this is some bullshit. Like, okay, now yeah. the enemy is within. And at one of her <laughs> famous press conference, she she concluded, quote, principle must come before profit, end quote. Because she knew why okay. they were being these because you always have conscious artists, even in rap music, even at during yeah. this time. But the ones who get the push, who get the marketing budgets. Yes. Yes. Are the ones who are the most lewd, are the ones who are delivering um, the kinds of messages that she felt black people like herself had fought so hard against. Right. Yeah. Now, she was called narrow minded by some of the rappers who often mentioned her and their lyrics. Because uh, basically they thought she's attacking me because also these are very young people. Yeah. Um, a lot of these rappers are anywhere from. 18 to 22 or 23 it's a very music is a very young person's sport right so yeah, they for sure they felt like they were being admonished i feel like by their mother or their grandmother at this point right so she picketed stores that sold rap music and like i said she bought uh stock in sony and time warner and other companies to, oh, in wow. order to protest hip-hop in general 
Um, she fought against the NAACP's decision to uh, nominate uh, Tupac Shakur for one of their image awards and filed a $10 million lawsuit against his estate for comments that the rapper made in his song, How Do You Want It, on the album All Eyes on Me, in which he rapped, quote, see Dolores Tucker, use a motherfucker. Instead of trying to help a um, word, you destroy a brother, end quote, in her lawsuit. Because they went after her yeah. by name. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, so she was attacked by Tupac. I remember this. Tupac, uh, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Eminem even got in on it. Lil Kim got in on it. Like, they just, they were calling her out her name, basically. Basically, I feel like proving her point. (laughs) Like, like they basically proved her point because instead of seeing, and, and, at one point, so Eminem even said, uh, quote, in one of his um, in his song rap game, quote, tell that, quote, tell that C. Dolores Tucker slut to suck a dick, end quote. Oh, shit. See, yeah. that's not cool. That's not this cool. Is a gr- and by this time, mm-hmm. she looks like a grandmother. Yeah. Like, it's the mm-hmm. misogynoir. It's like, you know, the disrespect of women in general and this kind of thing. This the, the very thing that she was complaining about. And then the fact that she's a black woman on top of it. There's a way to disagree with someone without being disrespectful. Again, these are uh, young people yeah. who don't know how to um, who I think also they felt kind of like admonished by like they're an older black person that they felt like should support them. But what they didn't understand is the, f- the very hard one fight early on, like prior to this. Also, it was, it was, it really was, what's the word I'm thinking of making misogyny cool. There's a better way of phrasing yeah. that, but like it was, it was elevating the idea that misogyny is, is okay is fun is funny it was mainstream and And let me get this straight yeah and let me be clear it's not like the rat pack was not misogynistic they made it oh they totally were you know and these and i think that's why a lot of times young black artists feel attacked because they're like well the white guys did it before and it's like yeah but we're not talking about them we're talking about this (laughs) we're talking about the disrespect the misogyny uh and again a lot of times behind the scenes, there are white record executives who are pushing this kind of thing because it oh, serves yeah. their internal bias and it oh, sells. Yeah. It's like it's, it's outrageous. You know, it is provocative. So it sells. Sex always sells. Right. And if you're yep. denigrating women, if you're denigrating black women in these songs, all the more better. Right. And it's selling. I mean, hip hop in the 90s exploded, like went worldwide. Like it was just amazing. There's a lot of money to be made. And but again, a lot of like sexually. I don't think people really realize the 90s had um, I'm from Florida. Florida has this thing called Florida Miami bass music. It exploded in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, spearheaded by uh, Luther Campbell, a.k.a. Uncle Luke. He literally has a song called the lyrics go head, head and mohead, head, <laughs> head and mohead. OK, pop that pussy. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. OK, mm-hmm. Lil Kim, mm-hmm. who I love, you know, got in on it uh, sexually explicit. But in particular, it for every little Kim, you had 10 Uncle Luke's. 
Where even yeah. like even guys who because uh, when you look at Uncle Luke back in it, you're like he look like he looks lazy, right? Okay, right. That's that's kind of ratchet. <laughs> it's like the rise of the ratchet rap, right? Um, which again, I love hip hop. I love all kinds of hip hop. But even then, I was just like, why they got to be bitches? <laughs> like why they got to be hoes? Like yeah. I forget which MC he was famously asked why you got to call women hoes. And he famously like tongue in cheek was like, Oh no, ho stands for honey. No, it don't. <laughs> it don't stand for we honey. Okay. No, what it stands for. Okay. Yes. You so, can just call me honey. You can just, call, you just me call me honey. honey. Yeah. Mm. Now she eventually, I mean, she was, cause she was just horrified after all the hard work she had done. Again, the, the dangers, the call is coming from inside the house. Right. Basically. Yeah, for sure. Now, in 1995, Time Warner did cut ties with Interscope Records, which distributed Death Row Records. Okay. Death Row Records, if you guys don't remember, was run by Suge Knight and uh, Dr. Dre was the, uh, the one of the founding members and the head like uh, music producer guy. Uh, that's where Snoop came from. Yep. Uh, the stuff that we hear and listen, I'm a Snoop fan like. The stuff we hear for Snoop now is the clean version. This is also oh, where yeah. they they had to put. This is where Uncle Luke and his group Two Live Crew are the the main reason they had to put sexually explicit uh, labels on CDs back then. CDs, that's right. Um, hey, and the, and the, the cover had yeah. the male members of Two Live Crew with their heads poking up through women, black women, different shades with thongs on with their butts to the camera you don't see the ladies faces it's just ass ass and mo ass okay so listen i remember this because do you, do you two live crew so there's two live jews as kosher as they want to be <laughs> no that what? that was that was a thing in my world yes <laughs> It's so funny. She's a Jewish American princess shopper. It's not, it doesn't do our people like the proudest, but, but it was funny. Anyways, that's oh a God. super side note. Go on. Oh my God. I love that so much. I've <laughs> never real. heard that, but yeah, you could probably now, find it right now. She was just enraged. Basically all of her hard work is for naught, right? So she continued her work to empower. Cause again, her work was always about empowering African Americans and women she would later serve on the advisory board of the Parents Television Council. Okay. Now, according to Cytonia, uh, Cyt I hope I'm pronouncing her name right from that um, from the article from the medium.com article. According to her, and I agree with this, she said, quote, one fair critique of Tucker's activism levied by other black activists, scholars and politicians at the time is that she didn't know enough about hip hop to try to censor it or access its value, let alone lead a war path against it. Her distance from the culture was evidence in her tendency to label a lot of music as, quote, gangster rap, regardless of whether yeah. the artist thought of their own music that way um, in her feud with Tupac Shakur. but. But she and because the, the one with Tupac in, in particular was is you guys got to look that up. Like he was very disrespectful. And the thing about Tupac is that Tupac was raised by a strong black woman who Tupac knew better. And he was just yeah. acting like he had no home training. Um, and she goes on to say, um, and the fact that many were talking about a lot more than gang activity in quote. And I agree with her. I think that um, yeah. she's right that it's that's a generational shift. You know, she comes from 
see Dolores Tucker comes from like Nat King Cole, <laughs> Sarah Vaughn. Yes. You uh-huh. know, she's uh-huh. like she was a kid when the Nicholas brothers were in in, in Hollywood oh, movies, and yes. you know, so she's They're looking so at like you put forth yeah. your best. You, you're best, right? Santonia uh, goes on to say, Cytonia goes on to say, quote, Tucker has at times been unfairly painted, however, as someone with more interest in being in the spotlight than supporting black communities. I simply don't believe her record of service supports that notion. Her activism and advocacy demonstrated a keen understanding of how interconnected the issues facing our communities are. And in the company of race women like Dorothy Height, Shirley Chisholm and others, she built coalitions like the National Political Congress of Black Women to further catalyze Black civic engagement. By making her the face of lyrical punchlines, too, members of the culture gave their gave this elder way too much smoke, this elder way too much smoke. Hip hop is 50 years this year. This is an article from this year. And as we look forward as a new era, Tucker's work reminds us that by having communal conversations, we can identify shared values and find unity, and that unity can disrupt political and corporate systems, end quote. I love that. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, basically, it's true that two things can be true at the same time. The, their, the, the music could have been problematic, but also their violent disrespect of her by mostly male rappers was disturbing and disappointing and hurtful. Yeah. Um, and also, like I said, it, it, it further went on to prove her point that she was saying that this is disrespectful. This is denigrating to black people, the men who are, are, are on the uh, serving end and sometimes receiving in. The, but it's and also to black women. Yes. You know, and I think today we can have a more nuanced conversation. I think people are revisiting her and realizing that we owe her uh, or not we, but people in the media owe her an apology. A lot of these rappers owe her an apology because now that they're older and they can go back and listen to it and be like, "Ooh, yeah, that was uh, uh, that's a bit much. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're right. I think two things can be right at the same time because that. Because I'm not going to stand behind misogyny in any form, really. Um, but but to denigrate an entire uh, an art form as bad is is not the point. Do you yeah, know what I, I mean? Think, and I also think there, there's definitely some respectability, as we would say, politics behind it. But I think a lot of the younger people have to understand that there's a reason like it's a short yeah. while ago where black people didn't get any respect. And yeah. so people like C. Dolores Tucker were on the front lines of demanding and putting things in place that we could get we can garner some respect. And then the young people at the time were like, well, hip hop's ours. It's you know, it's like I think they don't realize that. It's like if jazz, when it first came out, all of a sudden was just like bitches and hoes and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but, but the ownership and the, you know, the uh, the need to protect, you know, a black art form like this. I totally get it. Get it. But there's no re- reason for them to talk out to talk to call her out of her name, as we would no. say. And you like, know. look within, like, are you yeah. perpetuating a culture of misogyny and hate? Like, that's hip hop can has has done so much and can do so much that like yeah and any art form and uh, honestly movies i've seen and like uh, 
you know, books that I, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like where this is going. I see. And you it's know. hard because again, the negative is being highlighted, right? Cause like Tupac, right. Tupac is one of my favorite, Tup- Tupac is probably my favorite rapper just because I knew Tupac knew better. Like he wasn't a dumb guy, even though he makes yeah. songs like I get around or fuck see Dolores Tucker. And then he writes something like dear mama or um, keep your head up. Like it's like cause he was raised by a Black Panther for God's sakes. Like he knew better. He's just a <laughs> He did know better. Acting yeah. Like a little punk ass, you know mm-hmm. what, at that age, right? And it's ironic that she outlived him by a lot. So um, you know, the violence that he yeah. and I always felt like Tupac was sort of putting on that whole violent thing. I'm like, Tupac, sure you're a little was. nerd, you're a little drama nerd, dude. What are you talking about? Like you are a little drama nerd pretending like you hardcore. And then that whole East Coast, West Coast thing. I remember Tupac that. is from the East Coast, y'all. Mm-hmm. Is he though? It's like, come on, player. <laughs> come on. Come on. So it's, you know, he was always one of my favorite rappers. But I will say the record companies behind it, which are usually owned by white people, they don't really care because what yeah. sells? When black people are, when black women are denigrated, when it's just about women, it's that whole trope of the sapphire, the overly sexualized black woman, right? Right. But then black women should have a right to be overly, uh, overly sexual if they want to be. You know, I love Meg. Meg is one of my favorite rappers today, but I'm also old enough to, to know that two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I think that's 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 the dilemma that a lot of young people are being exposed to this. So, you know, like we know it's a persona. I know what Meg is doing is persona. Right. Right. Girls on the street. I don't want a 12 year old listening to Meg Thee Stallion. She should. Well, I I was going to say, like, there's there. I was I was watching. I don't know. Was it Megan the Stallion or something? Some video. And my kid like looks at I was like, nope, not for you. It's fine that it's not for my kids. It's fine. But it's like, and I think that's what her point was that, you know, she she definitely may have gone overboard, but they also went overboard. I think her point was it's like there's a very famous like actually video of Cardi B. <laughs> she was like on live or something, her Instagram live. And she was saying all kinds of, you know, because Cardi B is very sexual, raunchy. And then her kid yeah. came in the room. She's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> And she stopped immediately. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I mean, listen, I curse in our, in our podcast all the time. I don't want my children to listen to what yeah, I'm yeah, literally yeah. doing right now. No, you know what I so. mean? Will there be a time? Totally. But like, it's okay. Yeah. It's yeah, it's okay. So, well, I mean, even despite all of that, uh, those who know, know, and they d- continue to honor her and, uh, you know, acknowledge her, what she was trying. She, basically, she was ahead of her time, I think, because I think now people would appreciate her. Yes. Uh, like they do uh, Congressman Maxine Waters, who was also in the oh, trenches yeah. with C. Dolores Tucker. But like, you know, I think back then they just didn't. They just didn't appreciate what she was saying. She was ahead of her time. So, but in 1995, the Washington in a Washington Post interview, um, she told reporters that quote C in her name stood for compassion, courage, charisma, competence, and Cynthia. Oh, oh, I love so, that. And she would go on to be named one of the 25 of the world's most intriguing people by People Magazine, as well as be selected by People Magazine in 1996, uh, yearbook honoree. She was also featured in the inaugural in, uh, issue of JFK Jr.'s George Magazine for her crusade against gangster rap. Okay. Um, 
She would also be acknowledged for her deep concern for children by First Lady Hillary Clinton in the book, quote, it takes uh, in the book, it takes a village. Nice. The National Women's Political Caucus and Red Red Book also named her as the woman best qualified to be ambassador to the United Nations. Again, she was recognized by Ebony Magazine once again as one of the uh, 100 most influential black organization leaders in the country in 2001 and 2002. And she was a prominent member of AKA Sorority Ski Wee. I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that, but the, okay. the uh, AKAs. Uh, she basically was a OG until the day she died. Like she kept on going and advocating for black yes. people and for women until she died on October 12th, 2005 um, at Suburban Woods Health Center in Norristown, Pennsylvania at the age of 78. Oh, she was interred at, Yeah. She was interred at the West Laurel Hill Cemetery in Bela Sinwood, Pennsylvania. Now, on October, on um, April, rather, April 25th, 2006, so about a year later, less than a year later, a state historical marker honoring C. Dolores Tucker was unveiled by Bill Tucker and Governor Ed Rendell in the ceremony at the State Museum of Pennsylvania in Harrisburg. Oh, that's so good. In addition, it was announced that the North Building, which is adjacent to the State Capitol Building, was to be renamed the Secretary C. Dolores Tucker Building. I yeah, What and, an amazing woman, really. Yeah. C. Dolores Tucker. And I just wanted to like just talk to her because I just think talk about her because there's some figures from the 90s that we're revisiting. Like we revisited, yeah. you know, um, Monica Lewinsky. You know, I, I definitely think that Anita Hill is one that we, we need we to should, cover. Like, yeah, the 90s was bonkers, man. Like the it stuff really, that was allowed to pass. I, I know. And I and I do think what's interesting is because a lot of things were presented as very black and white. Mm -hmm. I see you see it with Monica Lewinsky. You see it with C. Dolores Tucker, where it's just like this is bad, this is good. And and I think now we tend to be more, well, let's see what they're saying and why they're saying it. And let's, I think we do think a little differently as a society, even though our society is super problematic right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm not, we're better, we're different. Um, and in some ways we are better because of that. So we can see like, well, we shouldn't knock all of rap. It's an important cultural expression yeah. that is necessary but we can look yeah. within it and find where there's some problems for sure you know yeah, what I and mean? i also i also think that hip-hop was so young still then that it was sort of like being going through a teenage year and also you're dealing I, with totally. very yeah. young and immature young men and it's an image thing and i think what she was basically saying what a lot of the ogs are saying is that image is very powerful Yes. Imagery is very powerful. It and is. I, I, don't, I think people forget, like, maybe it was the late 90s, early 2000s. BET had this BET After Dark thing that I watched once and was traumatized. I could never watch it again. Uh -oh. But Nelly, Nelly was is a pretty, was a pretty, like, mainstream, not particularly violent. Like, he was like one of those sort of, like, happy uh, uh, rappers uh, when Nelly came out. And he yeah. has a video where he's sliding a a credit card through the crack of a girl's ass. Okay. Literally right. saying this woman no. is for sale. Like no. that, that's the kind of stuff no. was going on. Like, mm -mm. 
Frick Nick was bit really big, which there's a documentary coming out on that a lot of people are uh, a lot of people who are pretending like they never was ratchet are gonna get caught on screen <laughs> here, ratchet. Like I'm That's just saying, fun. like um she basically was saying that imagery, she grew up in a time where young people used the news cameras against racist bigots because of the imagery of defenseless nonviolent protesters being attacked yeah. viciously was the thing that turned the tide. So she understood the power of imagery in images. And I think that a lot of them, you know, cause they're young. They're like, I'm just trying to get my money. Why are you, you, why are you so hard down on a black man? And, blah, blah, blah. and she's like, no. And, but, the, but then the, but then the white people who run these, these record companies right. are also benefiting and they are putting money behind the most toxic versions of this mm, because yep. again, if Tupac, Tupac could do both. If he was yeah. getting the kind of push to do keep your head up, which is one of my favorite Tupac songs, right? It's so, it's basically about these young women are out here doing their best and the men don't see it and they're trying to push you down, but keep your head up, sister. That's literally the song. Yeah. If that got the kind of rotation and the push at the record companies that I get around, that, 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 you know, like, yeah. oh, come yeah. with me. You know, talking about murder. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I'm just saying, like, they, it's, the tide started to turn for even some of our favorites. LL Cool J is one of my favorite rappers. LL so under, like, I think under, he's been so successful so long. He's so good. People forget how amazing he is. His stuff I was all him. about, like, love and, like, I'm bad. Yeah. And it's maybe because he was unusual. He was able to navigate the industry in a different way. But LL wasn't supported after a certain uh, amount of time the way the more toxic aspects yeah. of hip-hop were promoted. So... That's all. She all right. she was a little. She's an old lady. She didn't quite understand yeah, it. Listen, but she I had still, a point. I I yeah, and I like yeah. her. I like her. She's still a little little guidance maybe, but like, yeah. listen, I'm grateful for her. I'm not gonna lie. Amen. Like for all the stuff Me she too. did. Mm. I know we need uh, more, and there are people who are still fighting the good fight who are doing this kind of work, but. Um, I'm just so happy yes. that we have this podcast that we can highlight those women. And again, if you guys want to know more about Pocahontas or see Dolores Tucker, hashtag not historians here, Mm-mm, please historians. go and search <laughs> and seek out more um, uh, extensive information on both of the figures um, and report back about Pocahontas, especially if you are yes. a native person, an uh, Indian person, because I think Native Americans don't mind Indian. If you do, oh, really? I apologize, but I have been told some tribes don't mind Indian. But if you're a Native American person, because I want to be respectful, but no, please seriously, let us know. I've like trained my children so aggressively to say Native American. Yeah, Crap. I think that's fine. Did I mess too, up? So. Okay, no, no, no. We'll stick to the more. Uh, we're doing it out of respect, obviously, but uh, I definitely love to know what Native American. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, I would Pocahontas. Yeah, that's for sure. True. Uh, but that wraps it up for another episode of the Notorious Women podcast. Like I said at the top, please remember to follow us, like us, uh, share our podcast to any and everyone that you think might like it. Copy the link and send it to them. Don't just yes, tell please. them about it. Mm-mm. Copy it and send it to them. Um, also, please give us a five star review in the Apple Store that helps people find us and if you want to support us with some money um mm-hmm. because unlike uh i don't need a credit card through my crack 
but I do no, need some no. cash. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash would be good. Uh, you can do as little as two dollars a month, or you can give us two hundred thousand dollars. You can, you I can. can take it. Yeah, you can that's take fine. it. That's fine. That's uh, <laughs> fine. And if you want to do that, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Notorious Women. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam's going to tell you how you can support us on our social media platforms because she is killing it on IG. I'm just saying. Go over there and say hi to Miriam. Come say hi to me. Notorious Women Podcast Instagram. So easy. You can DM us there. Also, if you want to, uh, you can also email us at notoriouswmpod at gmail.com um, and uh, yeah that I'll, you know what you guys we also have a TikTok I'm yes, new at it okay but it's Notorious Women Podcast so go to TikTok and just like like things thank you I appreciate it uh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be showing up a little bit more I know people are yes like, she is God she doesn't exist. I just got a lot going on personally, so but, yeah, but you're uh, so thank pretty. You. Okay. Oh, oh, thank you. Is it true? Okay. Thank you so much. So are you, my sweet? Aww. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to go and see Miriam because uh, I told Miriam she's spicy white. Uh, not only because she's a uh, beautiful Jewish woman, but she got a badonka dog, y'all. I do. It's Miriam true. got a badonka dog, and well, it's all right. natural. It's all it's natural. All natural. <laughs> In fact, when I was nursing my babies, I lost it, and my Uh-oh. husband was like, "What happened?" <laughs> Like I thought we had like a deal and like I said I'd marry you and then now it's gone. I don't I don't know. This is why I love so, you, Sal. That is yeah, so funny. These are facts. <laughs> All right. Oh well on that note, guys, we will see you next week. Bye bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.